and welcome to episode 67 of the worldwide shells pod uh it's your host matt once again and we're return we've got two returning guests today first of all my co-host marv how you doing i'm doing fantastically buddy how are you i'm doing good i'm sweating in this massive heat wave that we're having in the uk boiling hot not used to it and i just want to get back in the pool yeah i can feel that i can feel that and we'll welcome our second returning guest in jesters how are you doing my man tired and sore and before you get any weird ideas i drove uh see probably three hours in the car yesterday so i did about 200 miles close to it that's that's a long way yeah that's on top of it's a two-day turnaround so yeah a little tired, but uh, happy to see that the, that the boys seem to play well. We did an arsenal, so that's always good. Um, we don't arsenal. Uh, yeah, I'm just positive, and uh, maybe we can wade through some of the nonsense that's been going on and and maybe find a nugget of, or a kernel of truth here and there. Looking forward to it. Yeah, well, I mean, today's pod, obviously, we're going to get right into this start of the preseason which is a pretty good result some may say 6-1 win against Peterborough a hat-trick from Hakan Ziyech a goal from Brozier and a goal from Christian Pulisic and Tammy Abraham and then apparently I heard it was a penalty for the other goal but that's not been confirmed it's just different people talking about it unfortunately the club didn't allow us to watch it but there you go at least Roman Abramovich was allowed to to have it streamed to him so let, let, let's see if we can get uh, at least some of the other games. But Marv, starting with you, good result. Are you happy with six-one win start the preseason? Oh, obviously, what a great! It's bad that we conceded a goal, but maybe careful was in goal. Um, no, I, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I did, is real. We can't really look into preseason too much, but as long as we uh, aren't getting embarrassed or. I remember there was one preseason where we'd won all the games and then we started the season brilliantly and then but the season that was a scolari season and then there's other ones where we lost all the well we had bad games and it looked like it was a bad error and that was the 2015 season so you know as long as you're building up wins and getting on the scoreboard i just would uh, be a bit worried about when certain overrated players score against shit teams in preseason they automatically become better than harland um that that does worry me but other than that no very happy we won six one good to see ziet got on the score sheet as well which is nice yeah, definitely. Just as you happy with the result? Yeah, I don't think that there's anything you can fault anybody with. The people we wanted to see, I got my goal. All the the ZS stands, uh, they got their their hat trick, which is nice. But it's Petersburg, so let's calm down a little bit. Um, we'll we'll get into that later. But yeah, great result. Uh, I think. Uh, the more uh, Broha looks good, or Broja, however you want to talk, call it, say his name correctly. I don't know. Can't remember yet. Um, you know, the 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 more that Tammy inches toward the door. So, yeah, I mean, it just it's, it's a great result. Tiring weekend, so thinking is hard right now. <laughs> I, I I can imagine. I mean. We- We'll try and keep it as simple for you as possible. I mean, we'll 
kind of break down first of all the first half lineup. So the first half we played a usual three four three. We had Jamie Cummins in goal. We had a back three of Melangsar, Clark Salter, and Trevor Shalaba. And we had a midfield four of Alonso, Zappa Costa, and then the massive, great, wonderful pivot of Ross Barkley and Danny Drinkwater. Just going to leave a pause there for it. Oh my God, go. was that the lineup and we still won 6-1? Yeah, that that yeah. was the that was the lineup where we conceded. I'll I'll I'll, I'll give you that. We well, did, I'm, um, I'm, we did. I'll, I'll make the point. We did go one nil down <laughs> as well. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised. I mean, Tre- Trevor Chaloba isn't um, a, a defender, is he? Yeah, he can play both centre back and centre defensive mid. But I, I'm I'm not sure. But as from what the information I got, he was on the right side of a back three. Well, you get you. Let's say uh, B Tech a lot. He's a C Tech, Kamara. And yeah, but of course he's academy, so he gets two ratings above. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously the front three was Pulisic on the left, Callum Hudson-Odoi on the right, and Sammy Abraham up front. So a bit of a better attack, and obviously that's where we got two goals. And then the second half lineup changed up a little bit. We did play a four-two-two-two. Um, which consisted of Jamie Cummins played another 15 minutes before youth goalkeeper Bergstrom also came on for the last half an hour. Uh, the back four consisted of Baba Rahman, Matson playing at centre-back with Miazga, Dujon Sterling at right-back. Uh, the central midfield pivot was Lewis Baker and Conor Gallagher. Uh, on, the, on the attacking midfield roles, you had Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Hakim Ziyech. And then up front, you had Broja and Ukwa up front. Um, any comments on that lineup so far? What do you think, guys think of that? I would have liked to have seen how Broja played. Um, obviously, being one of the guys who might be in the squad uh, for next season, uh, especially if he scored, it would be nice to kind of see his movement, see how he could kind of work with the main team in Paris and see if he is actually worth a spot uh, to him, especially now Giroud's gone. That would have been good to see. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one one point I, w- I was going to make at first, obviously, both Kepa and Mendy are both back in pre-season, both training, but neither of them started the game. Is this is this game kind of an audition of which which keep which of the youth goalkeepers is going to get the third choice role for next season? Which, considering Mendy is at international duty, Kepa, you know what Kepa's like. This could be a role where one of these goalkeepers may have to step up. Um, Marv, do you think that's do you think that's what's going on here? No, not a chance. I think we're probably going to sign some random English keeper that will never play just to fill up the quota. To be honest, um, I can't imagine the club giving a chance to one of those keepers that are insanely young, uh, especially not yet. If, even if you look down the history, we always have someone in there like Rob Green or Hilario or something like that. Can't see that happening. I think. I mean, if ever it was true, remember the brilliant um, performance from uh, from from uh, was it Bull Bulka a few years ago? He had a great preseason, and he didn't get games. So if he isn't going to be able to do it, I don't think these will. I think there is going to be um, is going to be some auditions, mainly from the youth players trying to get spots in the squad in every game, but not so much for the goalkeepers. I think. Would you agree with that, Justice? Yeah, I think you're going to have to have somebody because you never know. For those six weeks, that's a could win or lose a league. And for all we know, sitting here today. And so you're going to have to have somebody that 
you don't look at it as a third keeper, but could you see him as a second keeper, right? You can't, because they're going to be a second keeper at one point in the season. So you have to get, and I think that's why they've been discussing uh, Pavlenka. I don't know if that's continued, but would be an option. Uh, I know everybody, somehow heard a big sigh on that. So I'm guessing that's a no. We have to, you have to find somebody, and it should probably be an English keeper just because of the quota in the Champions League. Because you're, you know, you're gonna probably lose. You're losing Tammy, most likely, um, if if certain somebody comes. So again, you have to have, you have to fill it an easy. Uh, you know, it's two birds with one stone. Basically, you get a third, a third keeper that could be a second keeper, and they had the English or homegrown uh, backing on it for UCL. That's what you have to do. That's the team management as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think in terms of, I would agree with you, we do need possibly bring someone in. The the early issue is, obviously, we had links with Wayne Hennessy, but he's now looking like he's gone to Burnley um, on a free. Um, <laughs> other, th- other than that, you've got Pavelenko, who's one kind of uh, link and hasn't, hasn't, reappeared since um and apart from that there's no real i mean you had a couple of links with uh sam johnston from west brom but he will cost us money so would the club want to pay money for a third choice goalkeeper or could be a second choice and i think he'd want he'd want to try and get in the england squad so i don't know if he'd want to sit as a third choice goalkeeper i just do think with with jamie cummins i think because he is a bit older now he has had time out on loan so he has played men's football i think he could be if there is going to be a young keeper that gets it i think he could be the one um and with him playing 60 minutes that could be the point i possibly make but it's one of the roles i think chelsea have got to figure out you have to have a plan b right in life and everything else you have to have plan b and chelsea have to have a plan b in case plan a doesn't work out so what we're actually debating what plan what is plan A and Jamie Cummings is plan B because that's what they're looking at now what do we have that we can plug a hole that might not be urgent but it's something that we, needs to be addressed is there some quality there is there that diamond amongst the coal that you can find to plug into the squad and it's going to be one maybe two because at the level we're talking about, so you, uh, I guess we're going to talk about maybe, uh, well, I, maybe not bringing in a right wing back, or if we're going to use somebody, uh, center back looks like we're co- going to have to find somebody outside because uh, you need at least one more place there, unless uh, you're going to rotate James back into that position every once in a while. You're gonna play a different uh, wing back, but uh, it's it's just I guess that's why we're here, so we can discuss. That's what's going on. It's just to find that one diamond, maybe two, that uh, you can say okay, this works. And right now, I would think that Broja or Broja and uh, Sterling are probably the two that we've heard early things about. Not to say that I'll be end up being, but I'd be. Uh, 
I'd like to see what Gallagher did as well. So I think he he felt fits that role that we play our two center mids in. I think he uh, fits that role better than Ruben does. Um, and I think it's between those two of which, who might be sticking around and who might be going. So. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll go into each one of these players individually because there's a number of questions and I think topics that have kind of popped up. I mean, the first one being Malang Sarv. See, he played uh, in the first half on the left side of the back three. Um, and obviously we know that has been a position where if you look at the Chelsea team, apart from Rudiger, there isn't really a defender that can play on that left centre-back. You've obviously got Azpilicueta that likes to play on that right centre-back. Reese James that likes to play on that right centre-back. Silva and Christensen seem players that are more comfortable in the centre of the back three. And then obviously you've got Rudiger. Um, but obviously Milan Sars played left-back at Nice, also played centre-back. Do you think this could be a player, Marv, that could just fit in as a rotation role in that centre-back now, especially Gouet has moved on? Uh, who, sorry? Malang Sar. Um, I don't know, to be honest. I haven't seen enough of him playing. I, I would imagine he's quite small, though. Didn't he play on the wing-back positions as well, like in the previous team? I don't remember if he actually played in the centre-back or not. Um, I believe I'm he's... Not totally yeah, I think he's six foot, maybe six one at the like, most. He's a bit bigger than Okay, not that small. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I know he was highly rated um, before we signed him. People were saying that he was pretty good for French football. Um, I think it is a possibility because obviously we do hear that um, Tuchel preferred him over Mark Gurhey. Um, when we were like, list, it was someone who said that uh, online that he, he went with Saar. So maybe um, someone at 22, he could be part of the squad. I mean, there is a potential. I mean, see what he does in some of these preseason games. See if he looks like he fits in. Could be a good decision. Yeah, I mean, he's just just to check up. He is six foot, obviously left footed. At, was at Porto last season, kind of drifted out towards the second half of the season, but obviously he did play that left centre back role, occasionally fitting in that left back. Um, but Jesters, do, do you think Melanxar could be that guy that just shoehorns into a position? If I'm if I'm correct, he played in a back four in the, as a centre back, or did they play a back three in a, as a left centre back? Um, there was he primarily was in the back four, but he did there was a couple of times and they did switch to a back three. So I think he is possibly capable of it. And I think just where he's got that left foot, I think that's where Tuchel may be looking at and thinking he's got the potential to play there. Right. Um, it's, it's, he likes to have center backs that are better, are really good ball players, like as in playing out of the back. So think you know Tiago. Christensen's known for it. Uh, Rudiger is known to pick a pass, maybe you know, uh, off at left side. But he's he's naturally a right-footed player. Aspilicueta has been known to to sneak up. Remember with Murata, he come more he come more centrally and and uh, pick those in-between passes out. So if if you're looking for a left-footer that can play the ball because he has some left-back talent. Um, it's a possibility. It's just a it's stretch from where he was last year to to Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he didn't impress me as much as I wanted, and obviously that that would be the reason why I would have said no. But I mean, if Tuchel, you know what Tuchel's like, he he's mm. 
he's changed the fortunes of some players and maybe he does find a spot for him. I do I do think that left centre back role is the spot where none of our centre backs really fit into that bar of Rudiger. And if Rudiger gets injured, then that's where you could be looking at having a problem is that that's where he's resolved to put in Emerson there at some points, which um, as Marv would say, probably doesn't very we probably wouldn't like that at all if that was a consistent uh, thing. Um, so well, maybe it really depends if we've got good ball players uh, in that team. We need good ball players, and I mean you can't argue with the results Tuchel's got so far out of the defence that we have. So I mean the idea is probably that the defence is actually good enough in its current system. So I wouldn't really be supporting selling any of the first eleven um, at this point. So probably, uh, would, I don't know, if Saar is good, then he's good, hopefully. Uh, I, I don't really know. We've got quite a lot in that area. We've got him, we've got Ampadu, just sold Gurhi, so that, you know, drinking in the tears of a million youth merchants. Um, <laughs> but there's still so many. There's still so many. There's that Colwell guy, even Clark Salter I'd forgotten about. Um, it was a Colwell, also uh, Mubayamba. I don't know how to pronounce his name. He, he looks like he could be the best of that bunch. Yeah, definitely. I think Mbayamba obviously had his injury, so he's got to get back from that. So we'll have to see how he does from that. Um, obviously, Colwell's already gone out of loan at Huddersfield, so hopefully that's a good loan spell for him and he can either come back, we can make money out of it, or uh, he can come into the team. Uh, Clark Salter, I think it's it's one of the ones. He's had so many loan spells. He's like It's like Lewis Baker. I'm surprised he's still here. I, I, looked at, I saw Lewis Baker. I was like, I'm pretty sure he was angling for a move for Frankfurt. Obviously, you never actually got it. Um, it's just, just one of the ones you, you just look at pre-season, you're like, are they still here? Like, really? <laughs> but it, it's a funny one. It is the fun- I, I, I do look forward to seeing cert- these certain players play in pre-season because it's just nice to see different players and players get different chances. And Barkley have his typical pre-season wonder masterclass and then reverts to type when he gets into the season. Typical. Um, another player that we're going to go on to, obviously, Armando Brozier. We've kind of spoke a little bit about him. Um, obviously, apart from Hakan Ziyech, who obviously would have got the man the match if, it, if there was one given, I think Brozier would have been the only um, person to possibly get a chance to get in it. Obviously, scored a goal, got an assist as well to one of Ziyech's goals. Um, and obviously, he had two goals disallowed off offside offside as well which was described by Adam Newsom as marginal at best um so uh, Marv this is the this is the guy that everyone's talking about at the moment of the youth player that is going to get a chance do you are you looking forward to him in pre-season do you think he could be a good backup option to whoever we eventually get yeah definitely I mean if you know if he's scoring three goals to disallowed I mean in you know if they're netting all the goals in the preseason, then why not? If he shows that he's got skill and he shows he's got the ability to do those things, even in non-important games, he could be worth that try. Uh, I don't see why not at this point. I mean, we've sold Giroud. Um, I'd probably sell Tammy Abraham. Then we've got just one. We've got, you know, a kind of combination of Werner and Havertz. And then you need a big striker. He's quite tall, isn't he, as well? So I would say there is a potential for Broger to get games. What I like is he's a tall striker, but you can actually head the ball, unlike certain other tall strikers yeah. in our team. And he's um, quick. Yeah, so he's got he's got he's got a lot of the the stats that are required. And I actually think the way the way he is with obviously how he's tall and quick, I think he does kind of 
when you compare it to someone like Tammy, I think he's more moldable into what Tuchel wants as a forward. Um, Jesters, would you would you agree with that? Do you think Broha's going to get a chance in this team? So, in in all fairness, so we can trigger equally, he is uh, what Tammy. Everybody thinks Tammy is. I think that he's 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 really talented. Um, and uh, yeah, I think when you have people out there that are trying to give advice to, to chess players when they're used to playing checkers, it is it's kind of I guess that would be kind of what I describe our fan base as. The reason that Tammy is expendable is because they saw something with Rosia at the test last year. They, they found, they saw the right things they wanted to see. Tuchel's happy, brings him back. If he balls out, I mean, let's just understand that he'll probably be that, uh, that cup striker, uh, maybe some early round games in the Champions League, uh, depending on, on clutter and uh, fixture congestion. Uh, you know, it's going to be one of those things, and we'll just see what he does. I I think that uh, everybody should be happy, whether it's your guy or that or another guy that 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 uh, somebody from the academy or a couple of people might get a chance. So that's nice. So it kind of quells that. Oh, we're just going to get rid of all of our academy players. No, the reason some of them go is they see equal value in somebody of the same in the same age range that you know it's a kind of a pick them and they go to the coach and say says pick one or they go to the scouting and say which one right now if you had to bet your money on which one would be better so if you have Mbiamba who's 18 you have uh Mark Gurhi that's what 21 and you're saying okay we've got these other pieces we got Malangasar we need we can look at Maybe uh, Tuchel looked at his film and said, hey, I, I found something that I like in it, something I can use. And so they make those decisions on, okay, if we have somebody in our academy, in Biomba, who might be have a higher ceiling than uh, Mark Gurhi, and we have somebody we can look at that's around the same age group that the coach we have now says we can get something out of, this person now becomes expendable. And if we're going to get a bid that's crazy, I, I mean, just a wacko bid out of left field of 20 million pounds for somebody who's not played one game, I don't believe, maybe in preseason against Premier League opponent. Help me if I'm wrong, but uh, you, you have to do it because you're trying to do other things. There's areas of need that you cannot feel that you need to bring in. So... You just have to do what you have to do. That's how to run a club and build a team for now and in the future and not to worry about, well, my favorite didn't make it. He got moved on. When? You have to walk away from some of that stuff and understand what's best for the team now and in the future. Yeah. Um, it's tough, obviously. I, I didn't really want to go into the whole Gouet topic because it is causing a lot of babies on Twitter uh, crying about too much and the whole youth argument is just so tiring 
Um, so if, I, I won't mention it too much. But obviously, yeah, I think there is there is players that Chelsea look at and go, they're good, but if we can get a good price in, it helps the whole business model. And I think that's how that's how most teams look at their youth academies. And where, where we've got the best one, obviously, there is some expectation on fans that some of these players will get through. But that means also that more will get sold because we have such a vast amount of players coming through. Um, and to make a point, look through all the top teams in the world, the Barcelonas, the Real Madrid's, the Bayern Munichs, the Juventus, all the top six. How many of them teams actually have youngsters, not even youngsters, players from their academies in their teams? Very I mean, few. You could look at Man City have Foden, that's it. Man United have Greenwood, Williams, but even Williams has gone out. So there's there's a a couple at United, a couple at Arsenal, (laughs) but Arsenal I'm not even going to mention because they're a mid-table club, so they can play youth players now. Yeah, exactly. Good point. Tottenham have barely any. No, no, that's harsh on Tottenham. They've got that Juan Foyth who they sent on loan and won a trophy in his first season on loan. (laughs) Yeah, that, that that was great. Yeah, that's how they that's how they accumulate their trophies now. The lone players get there elsewhere. <laughs> my God! But even looking at, I'd say Barcelona have a couple, but they're in financial crisis. So they have to bring some young players through at the moment. And even Bayern Munich, people go, oh, Bayern Munich, um, they've got all these young players. I think there's only, I think Thomas Müller is the only player that actually came from their academy. They're all the rest of them are all pick pickpocket from other people. So it just proves that we, we do have the most we have we have currently Reese James, we have Mason Mount, obviously Tammy Abraham's still here for now, we have Callum Hudson We have four youth players that are solidly in this team. Christensen as well. I always forget Christensen because and I think a lot of people do, but he's he that's five in the last few years. That that is a major success for the uh for Cobham and people need to Realise that more. Obviously, you've got Brochure that could come in, Gallagher, Ruben Loftus Cheek that could come back into this team. That's that's getting more. You've already got what a, a fifth of a uh, squad right, uh, Premier League squad right there. There, so I don't see why people are moaning about certain ones. Obviously, they could go out on loan. They could. My, the only argument I would do is if if Gueye went out on loan to Crystal Palace now and did really well, and come back, would he fetch more of a price? But that that's just the way it is. We've got twenty million as Jester said for someone that hasn't kicked the ball in the Premier League. And if we do go and get someone like Erling Haaland, I'm not gonna moan. I am just gonna be happy that we've signed one of the best strikers in the world. I'm not gonna care that a defender that could have done well or could have not done well for us is here. And that, that that's just the way I'm gonna sum it up because I think it's Well just... none of the none of the youth players we've ever sold have actually become great. That's the, point, that's the point that's the point I think monster made on his channel as well what what youth player have we ever sold and truly regretted it i mean i'd argue ake his fourth choice at man city and that's the yeah, best he's just a bench warmer he doesn't even play uh is and that, that's the thing i'm thinking back this was a problem with with fans even back then like a long time back they would sell like these kind of really average guys that end up playing in the championship i remember solanke being that talk i remember arguing with so many people and I was like he is shit he is absolutely shit and then then he went to to Liverpool and scored once 
And that was at the end of the season when the games were that had no meaning. And he went to Bournemouth and was even worse. Like so people seem to think that everything is like FIFA that when they play ten games they're gonna go up to an eighty one. But unfortunately not every youth player improves and in fact not every player improves. If players did just generally uh, it's that famous saying that you hear on on the internet can only get better no that is shit if that was really true then you would buy a whole bunch of players that were 18 19 in the, in the kind of vision that they'll only get better but the fact is that's not true Ger, he might become a better player i saw an argument about silver the cost of that is playing tiago silver at 36 whatever he is but we won the champions league with him is, is that going to happen with, with gurhi in any of the 14, 15 years he's behind Silver. I don't think it will. There's no guarantee that players of that age are going to become great players. It, it doesn't happen as much as people might think. By saying they can only get better, it's just it's lazy. That Players get worse. You you probably said that about Rashford. Like, oh, you can only get better. He's gradually gotten worse. He turns up twice a season. Uh, Martial from Man United. Bought for 50 million. Oh, he's only going to get better after that first, you know, three games in a row where he scored goals when he first moved there. He's gradually gotten worse. So players don't only get better. They A lot of the time, they get worse. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I saw a couple of them people that mentioned about how Gerhi, we're selling him when we're, we're still playing a 36-year-old Thiago Silva. I was like, this 36 Thiago Silva is still one of the best centre-backs in the league, if not the Europe right now, how can I, I? I really struggle to comprehend how you can disrespect a player of Thiago Silva's level for a youth yeah. player that probably I'm not going to be rude to go. He could become what he could be the best thing next since that life spread, but I don't think he's ever going to get on the level Thiago Silva has ever reached. I think he'd be dreaming to do that. Thiago Silva's one of the best defenders that has ever graced this planet, and, and this the is fact the point. that people are. Mo- how complained about him it's just it's just pathetic and that's the thing that trolls me and that's the thing why yeah this conversation doesn't get brought up massively but it's an automatic uh, automatic thought from people that older players can only get worse and younger players can only get better but it's actually not true you a lot of older players actually do get better for example Giroud come to us and he was even better than he was at Arsenal and he was already plus 30 uh, Drogba got better with age um, and he didn't come onto the scene majorly until he was about 24. Um, so, but, I mean, you, you have players, you buy players that are 30. It's something I used to think when I was younger. You buy players that were over 30 that they're automatically finished and they're not going to get better than what they were in the past and they'll only get worse. But it's actually not true. If you look at all the players, we, we, Silver was as good for us this season. He was in any of his other seasons and he's 36. And, uh, you know, look at all those other older players we've bought down the years. Maybe they're not long-term solutions, whatever that means. Um, you know, you can never guarantee a player's going to play for you for 15 years or 13 or 10 years or 8 years or 7 years or whatever. And that's another ridiculous point made by people. Um, you buy a player that's 30, let's say the Lewandowski thing happens. I know 50 million is overpriced for his age that he's at. But he's probably still got a couple of years where he will hit the level that Lewandowski has created. Whereas you, let's say Tammy Abraham, the level that he has created and may possibly create in the future will probably never be close to even Lewandowski now at 33. And people need to get used to that fact that old players don't automatically equals decline and young players don't automatically equals incline. Yeah, people people think FIFA's so realistic where as soon as you hit 30, you go into some massive collapse. Or if you're a young player with a bit of potential, you're automatically going to reach that potential as long as you play. 
Exactly. Uh, I think that's just that's just the world of football we live in nowadays, and I think we're just gonna have to accept it. And when we can, just try and re- show them the way of knowledge. They'll, they'll, most of them will grow up and they'll learn when they as they mature, hopefully. Um, but it's just a bunch of young kids themselves believing in kids, unfortunately. Um, but we'll, we'll move on. We'll move back on to the preseason. We'll we'll talk about the hat trick hero, Hakim Ziyech, obviously playing in that right attacking mid role in the four two two two. Got a lot of goals today. I think from what that uh, Adam Newson said, he said that all three of the goals uh, were from in the box, and he seemed to get a lot of space. Um, just as I'll start with you, obviously. You've been saying Hakim Ziyech is going to leave this summer. Um, what did you think? Do, are you happy Ziyech has got three goals? And do you think he can fit into this 4-2-2 role? Sorry, the mute, the mute monster got me. Uh, I said, absolutely, I'm happy for him. He had a hard season. Um, and, you, you know, for those of for those who think that we... We're going to boo a Chelsea player when they do good. Absolutely, I'm happy for him. Um, we do have to remember competition, number one. And number two, the only reason that I ever said anything about him leaving is was because his name, like Callum's, have been, both been brought up multiple times as leaving. And where I don't believe one source, because you don't know whenever the source got that material, as we figured out yesterday. Um, then you have to uh, you have to put you have put pieces together and if you have multiple reports from different sources that are about different things but about the same thing that sometimes the smoke does turn to fire. So that's 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 what I said about Zia. You know, I was happy I thought he would do amazing. It uh, wasn't his year last year, as a few of them. But, uh, yeah, if we get a hat trick from him, I'm not going to be sad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, do, do you think he'll fit into this uh, formation better than the three-back formation? Yeah, I, I think so. And, and I think this might be the the formation we use when we're playing attacking football. And I think that's why uh, a Kamara coming in would be very helpful because he would end up being like the third center back. He'd fall between the two uh, center backs when we were on defense and to to build out of the back. Um, That's how we would play him. And um, yeah, I think it would be a great, it would be a great thing to, Gives him a little bit more space, I think, with the with with the two uh, strikers or center forwards, however you want to term it, pushing on those center backs. It it tends to uh, give a little bit more space to those who are playing the uh, attacking mids, or if you want to call them wingers, whatever. That's semantics. Yeah, I, I definitely think in this formation, I think they're attacking mids. Um... But yeah, I mean, did very well. I think uh, they sent. They mentioned that he was obviously on the side of Brohurst, and he was um, there with them to a linking up very well. The other side, 
I think they mentioned that Ruben off the cheek was doing quite well, and then they had Ugbo that was just every time he got the ball, lost it, and it was like, great, thank you. Don't know why you're still here either. That's another player that I feel like has <laughs> been here for years and years. I mean, at least he's... That's the far, Michi Batshuayi is not even in the team. That's, that's the part I was like, um, wait, what? But... um. Yeah, that, that was one that was like, even, he's even mean, mean, mean to me, she can't even get an opportunity, but there you go. Is he um, back? I think he he's, back I and th- fit? I think he's back, but whether he's back and fit is another question. Yeah, maybe they thought that, you know, he hadn't had enough time back with the team. I don't know when he arrived, but I would think that you're going to see probably, I, what is the next game, Bournemouth? Yeah, Bournemouth on 27th. So I think most the majority of our players should be back for the yeah, yeah. semi-finalists. Yeah, I think you'll see. Uh, I think you'll see uh, that's why in that game because Tuchel will want to give him a look again because we're talking about players that might be able to do something for you in a, in a need position. We will still need some depth, possibly, and they'll get, he'll be looked at just to say. For the fifth coach, nah, I can't use it. <laughs> yeah. Selling for ten million. I, I, I'm, st- I, I'm b- bewildered why again. Still, still, the, 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 the top of the 2017 crap that is still here. Um, one thing, Bakayoko didn't even get a shout in either, and obviously he didn't. He wasn't at the Euros at all. That's what I thought. When I, when I saw that uh, it was Barkley drink, I was expecting it to be drink water and Bakayoko in that centre defence, in that centre mid pivot. But obviously, it hasn't played at all. Um, so I assume that means there is a move imminent, um, or at least something's on the cards, because otherwise I, I would expect him to play at least, then try to get a little bit of value. Although it seems sometimes it's better if he doesn't play, because every. every Every game is a disaster class of him. Um, moving on um, to Marv, um, what did you, Hakim Ziyech, obviously Hattrick, um, do you think he's going to kick on next season? Well, I think so. I think he would have had a few more assists last season as well if we had some more finish, correct finishes. I mean, he's the he cannot be allowed to leave because he's one of the only guys who can play the ball in between. Um, especially, we don't have too many creative players in the final third. We've got Pulisic from wide areas, a little bit of a kind of crossing and stuff like that, but we need a player like that. So, yeah, and obviously I think he'll be a little bit better next season as well. I don't think he should leave, definitely not. It's only been a season. Yeah, definitely. I think I think he should be given the chance. I think he had a tough season for many different reasons. I think, hopefully, I think he will, again, still rotate. I think when we play the Three at, back, three at the back formation. I think Ziyech probably will prefer. There'll be other options preferred over Ziyech, but I think this four at the back formation. I think it could be really one that um, Ziyech will thrive under, especially under the right um, striker pair, and depending on who it's going to be. Um, I think I think it could really work out for him, and I think he could really be one of the players that really kicks on for us. Um, yeah, imagine uh, having Havertz and, and Holland as the two strikers. Yeah, I mean, even, coming even, underneath. I mean, even even if you had Werner and Haaland as well, yeah. I, I could still see that working really well. Because yeah, I, I think yeah. this this formation 
when I when I just looked it on screen, obviously I saw that it was Ugbo and Brozier. I was looking like, oh my god! But I was even even just thinking of Werner next to Ugbo. I think it's it's exactly how Werner was used and vitalised within Red Bull Leipzig. So I think hopefully this this could be the formation that we could finally see something out of Werner and get the best out of him. Um, but we'll have to see for next season um, and when they all come back. Um, obviously the two midfielders. Uh, Ruben off the cheek, Conor Gallagher. They've been on the top of people's mentions to be given the chance. Thomas Tuchel really likes Ruben off the cheeks. Mentioned a lot about him in high praise. Also likes Conor Gallagher, although there are a number of loan moves. Crystal Palace, Newcastle being mentioned at the moment. Um, so he could be judging a look at it at the moment. I think he could be the one that could go out on loan. Um, not obviously. Problem is we weren't allowed to watch it, so we couldn't see too much about their performance. But Marv, which which one of the, them two do you think is going to stay in the squad, or which one of them two do you think is going to go? Sorry, which two again? Loftus Cheek <laughs> and Gallagher. Oh well, I mean, it's an obvious choice for me. Um, Loftus Cheek would be the one to stay because he's got a, a, a brilliant level. Now all he needed to do is get his fitness back. And people were saying, "Oh yeah, if he can't start for Fulham, blah blah blah." He was literally, apart from Lookman, Fulham's best player. Without Lookman and Loftus Cheek together, Fulham would have finished bottom with like nine points. If you saw some of the players that were playing in that team, were absolutely shocking. And every time I watched, Loftus Cheek was the best player. He just couldn't finish. But then again, we got players who can't finish that play here anyway. So um, I would, do, and I like Gallagher. I haven't seen enough of him. Yeah, he was good. He's quite a nice combative midfielder, which maybe we could use. I would be maybe partial to letting them both stay because I think that Loftusche can also play an attacking role. I'd be more partial to allowing uh, Hudson Odoi to leave. Um, Hudson Odoi leave a couple of the other dead would like drink water. Barkley, they've got to get out. Um, <laughs> I, I love be... how you're comparing Hudson Odoi in that bracket. That that's that's. Uh... <laughs> Uh, you can send the hate mail too. <laughs> I just don't think that Hudson Adoy is a, a a great player. I mean, he's I, the upside. I haven't seen it for a long time. He's, he has the odd game where he does play well, and then you think, okay, maybe give him a run of games and see how it goes. But we don't have time to give players runs of games. They have to be good now, not later. Now, and I still I don't think he's ready to play for this kind of club. Uh, I mean, loan could be a good option because we can get money from that where he would probably would play uh, in a team that doesn't expect really to do anything. But for me, yeah, he can play in the right wing-back position, but I don't think he likes that position that much. We've got Reese James and Aspie both better than him in that position. Um, as in the advanced positions, he costs more than he, he scores and assists. He might have a good get-whatever-per-minute ratio, but he often makes the wrong decision. He doesn't score any goals, and he's a forward player. He doesn't, doesn't do enough. Um, whereas we're comparing him to the you know, Pulisic, Werner, high goals and assist. Pulisic can open up space by beating his man. Cho can't beat his man. There's too many downsides to him staying. Uh, I would have taken the money from Bayern the first time anyway. And uh, I think, yeah, loan or sell a, a lot of get rid of Bark. Barkley cannot be allowed to stay here no matter what he does in preseason. And uh, drink water as well. They have to be sold. Um, I would be more partial to keeping both Gallagher and Loftus-Cheek if it were my choice. Marv, you're gonna you're gonna get rid of the dream pivot. Forget Jovasic. You've got fucking <laughs> Barkwater. Barkwater. Oh, that, that is that is going to win us the Champions League, the Premier oh, League, the my. Super Cup, the Club World Cup. Come on, they oh, bleed blue. <laughs> yeah, they definitely do, don't they? Oh my god. Oh god. Uh, or you can have bar drinker. You can get bar drinker out of that too. 
Uh, <laughs> which which is it's probably a bit, little bit more accurate to that pivot. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I can see your point. I think the only thing with if you keep them both, I do think there was obviously a lot of attacking options already. So that could be in terms of thinking about Ruben's opportunities. I think that could really make Ruben's opportunities a bit slim uh, if they're both playing. Because I think if you look at Gallagher and Ruben, who you're going to pick in the pivot. I think you'd pick Gallagher just over Ruben at the moment. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, a lot of stuff is coming out about Gallagher on alone. So I think he Tuchel maybe have made up his mind, like Gwey and Malang Sar. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, Jesters, out of the two, who, who would you prefer to go out alone? Um, or would you load them both out? Well, well I would prefer 18 19 uh, Loftus Cheek, but I guess. Uh, people on hell, I want ice water too, so everybody can't have everything. I just, unless Callum's going, or one of the wingers or attacking players is going, other than Tammy, why would, where would he fit? Why would you need him in the team? because he would play very sparingly, I, I would imagine. And two, uh, Gallagher would probably need another loan away if he wanted to become more of a sitting player. And I felt like he was more of a box-to-box -box with, uh, uh, what do you play, West Brom last year? So I, I think that maybe another... I think neither one of them will be here, but uh, I would hope they'd find a good permanent place for Ruben. I just don't see a future going forward. Yeah, I mean, for me, I do think a loan for Gallagher would be the best thing. I think he's he's got he's had his uh, loan spell at Charlton, which he did really well, was recalled back, and then went to Swansea, and both spells kind of just showed up championship and proved it he's better than that. And then even for West Brom, I think started off okay, and then the Sam Allardyce effect came in, and obviously you can only do so much. But even then, I thought he did look good uh, in a poor West Brom team. So I think, I mean, you could you could send him. I think sending him to Palace with Patrick Vieira. Obviously, you got Mark Gouy again. Then Petuva both at Swansea at the same time, uh, combining. So maybe them two could go to there and. Uh, help out a little bit um and then in Ruben's case uh, you, you, everyone knows I have a little bit of a bias towards Ruben um the only if, if I'm gonna if you're gonna call me a youth merchant it's only for Ruben uh I I would have I'd have Ruben in a heartbeat in the team but if if uh, if 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 a good loan comes up for him I wouldn't I wouldn't say no because I think given one more loan at a team, not a Fulham, not a, a place where he's going to get rotting with other shit players. If he gets a good team where he can express himself and play consistent football, then I'd give it to him to show what he's got and see if he can make one final stand. If not, I think I think he's a battler and I think he can find a way into this team, whether it's due to other players getting injuries, because we know Hakim Ziyech has a tendency to pick up an injury. Pulisic has a tendency to pick up an injury. Hudson-Odoi doesn't exactly stay fit all the time. 
so there is opportunities should injuries occur, which I know Tuchel's made them made it better and improved that aspect. But I, I still we still have that worry in that aspect. So I, I think Ruben could play, and I think he could work as kind of a multiple role, fitting in where he can. Um, and I think that's what will happen. But the best for him probably would be to go out on loan, if I'm honest. Um, but we'll have to again wait and see of what master tuchel wants um last thing before we go obviously we've mentioned two more youth players before we move on to other topics ian matson and dujon sterling obviously there's a certain few small groups of people on twitter that uh really see a lot in dujon sterling think he can come back in this team really take that right wing back spot uh with both hands um Marv, Jesters, have you got any chance for these players or do you think they should need to go on loan themselves? Have a, maybe have a look at them a little bit in, in the pre-season games. Probably both are going to be for loans, aren't they? I mean, Matson seems cool, but yeah, I think they both need to be on loan and playing games, to be honest. Yeah, Jesters, would you agree? Well, I again, that's a, one of those areas that uh, if, the team are looking at it and they say that we have X amount of dollars outside of uh, the marquee signing, right? Him, him who shall not be named on this podcast right now, but because that's a whole different uh, can of worms. But other than that, what, what can we do? And if you do A, you can't have C, right? And C might be a, a wing back. So you have to have a plan, and they're being looked at for that plan. Uh, I also saw saw some links to uh, a Barcelona left back from the yeah, academy. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I I haven't seen that link, but I know Barcelona are looking to offload a lot of different players at the moment. So, it could I, be. and just and just a shout. I know that he's probably not on a lot of wages, and people go, "Oh, he's American," but as a wing back, Sergio Desk could probably play a backup role. I do, I do like him. To be fair, I, I, I wouldn't say no to that. I like Desk as well. I don't think he maybe is a great defender, but he's a solid player. I mean, quite young. I wouldn't be against that happening myself. Yeah, and he could play either. I mean, he's better from the right, in my opinion, where he he can play left. He's still right-footed and has a tendency to cut inside. And kind of collapse some of your width, um, but if they're trying to offload players like you know, as bad as, as bad as they are to to bring salaries down to get messy and everybody finalized, you, they probably get some. You probably uh, gut that team pretty well if, with for the right deals. Yeah, I mean you had um, the left back Junior Fibro Fit Pro. I don't know what his name is, but he went on. The, on the cheap to Leeds. Um, there's a couple of, yeah, there's a cu- there's a couple of other players that are really looking to be on a cheap uh, at the moment. So that could be an opportunity that we get. And I know Jesters would be happy to have another American player in the team. Uh, he is well, a good player, to be fair. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to criticize for that. I, w- I would say uh, Mela too, but I don't know if uh, that deal can be done because he, he again, if you look at European pedigree, probably, probably I would rate Mela in front of him just because more physical, can still play both sides. I mean, he played a wonderful uh, inside the foot pass 
uh, on their run. And I know he's played there for at Atlanta, both sides. So I'd say that too. But yeah, we. I mean, you have to find somebody at the right rate. Is what I'm trying to say. You can't spend maximum dollars in each position if you're going to do this big spend. So it might be, okay, do you want Kamara and a center back or do you want Kamara and a wing back? Or do you want not want a, uh, or do you want a wing back and a center back, and then you use a C, you know somebody from the academy for the CDM? It's just so it, it. I mean, you just have to pick and choose. I think there's a three spend, and I think the one we already hope and believe right. and yeah want, want to be there. So, Declan Rice from the academy for CDM. Oh yeah, he's, he bleeds blue. Mason Mount's best friend, leader. He's got the it's, minerals. It's quite funny. Let's uh, uh, not talk normally, about minerals. Or it's next. Quite, quite funny. Normally with the, the youth overrating and stuff, I'm kind of against it a lot. But I do like Declan Rice. I, I think he does fit the team quite well, to be honest. Yeah. And I think that's... But you're seeing the links. I think a lot of the links you're seeing, of course, why you're not going to bid $50 million. Until, uh, or, you know, really get deep in that discussion until Holland's wrapped up. If you are going to get Holland or if you're not, you have to know either way. Until that's done, most of your summer, you're kind of guessing. And that's why you're going to see it. See what we saw the other day is with the youth and and certain players, they're going to have to, you know, play for their job, basically. Uh, if not, they're going to be looked and moved on. Because at a certain point, you have to move on because you might have a talent that's in the academy that's close enough. Yeah, true. Definitely. definitely. Um, I definitely agree with that. And we'll have to wait and see. Um, obviously, I've just seen it on my phone that it's confirmed that Gouet is officially left now, which is obviously now that can date, debate can be fully over and we can stop talking about it. Um, but obviously... Good luck to him. Hope he does well. And if he if he does do well, we've got the first refusal. We've got the sell-on clause, so we can either make more money off him or bring him back. So we'll, 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 Chelsea is smart enough. We can we know what we're doing, and I trust I'll trust the board as long as they bring in that certain striker uh, this summer. Yeah, got to do it. Um, and obviously, before we finish up. Uh, obviously, we had one more departure this week. Um, Olivier Giroud uh, finally made his move to Paris, uh, at Paris, AC Milan. Um, Two-year deal. I think it was two million pounds up front with an extra one million pounds in add-ons. Um, Marv, uh, just give me a little farewell for Giroud to, to finish up. Uh, oh, what a hero! Um, one of one of the best signings. And it goes back to another one of those points we're saying that buying old players doesn't guarantee they're only going to go down. We signed him. Not many people were amazed by the, the signing. He definitely was the best of the bunch that we've been linked with at that time. Barnes, Andy, Carroll, Peter Crouch, people like that. Even Dzeko. Look at what Dzeko has done since then and what Giroud has done. And we made the right choice yet again. Um, he was over 30 plus. We paid, what was it, 15, 12, 18 million? I don't remember exactly. And a lot of people were like, mm, not sure about that. But we bought a play- and we won the FA Cup straight away. We won the Europa League. We've won the, the Champions League. And this is not a player that just sat on the bench during all those moments. He was the top scorer in the Europa League. He scored the first goal. 
he scored that amazing goal at Southampton to take us to the final in the FA Cup. And he scored that overhead kick to beat Atletico, and he was our top scorer of that. What a signing he was. He should go down as one of the best signings we've ever made. And I know he wasn't there for long, but this again, three, four years worth of that versus 15 years, no offence, to tat of Tammy that doesn't deliver in moments when it really matters, or Lukaku, whoever else. Um, and just think about what amazing business that was. Yeah, I mean, I'd argue Angola Kante probably takes the best signing of all time. Also, but, yeah, um, phenomenal player. Phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I mean, considering Giroud come from Arsenal, he's probably given us some of the best memories ever. I mean, he's been... I, some people go label him a legend. I think I have a high expectation for a legend, so possibly not. But, I mean, definite cult hero. One of my, Probably one of my favourite players that have played for the club. Um, and every time I see my mate who's an Arsenal fan who always used to call him a lamppost, I just remind him of that that night in Baku. Um, give, I show all the pictures of Olivier Giroud lifting trophies for Chelsea. And I, I always show him the video where Olivier Giroud said, thank you, Arsenal. Amazing. Um, Jesters, do you want to say a little farewell for Giroud before we finish and give you a final thoughts for him? Yeah, in in the you know in a time of uh, world class pretenders, he was always a contender. Um, because what separates special players from just okay, they can do it, but big games they flop. Bruno, Bruno, oh, sorry. <laughs> Drew came up big in big moments. He gave you that big goal when you needed him. Uh, I remember. Uh, the run to get us in the Champions League. He was big in that. He was big in Baku. He was big in this Champions League run. Uh, you know, four goals, one game. I, if I'm correct. Yeah. Just an amazing, you know, professional. Never, you never heard Giroud coming out in the press and dogging his teammates or his coach. Always was professional, did what he was supposed to do. And just uh, a brilliant baller when it mattered the most. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable player. Obviously, I, I I expect him to go to AC Milan, play the two years at least, absolutely ball it out, play in the French team over that Benzema that is just useless, and that French team, and uh, and smash it, become France's all-time top goal scorer. And retire a happy and accomplished man. Um, best beard in the game as well. Uh, I'll, I'll give him that award as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, all I can say is if by any chance Olivier Giroud is listening to this, thank you for your time at Chelsea. You've been a great servant and us fans won't forget you. Um, what a hero. One of the heroes. Um, just very quickly before we finish, we'll run through the three preseason games that we have in between now and our first trophy challenge of the season against Villarreal. So we have uh, a game on the 27th of July uh, against Bournemouth, which everyone on football Twitter was crying about because we realised how bad we are against Bournemouth and that's probably going to end up being a loss, as we usually do. Uh, Then we play Arsenal on the 1st of August on a Sunday. 
three days later, we have Spurs at home. And then finally, we finish up with Villarreal. Um, Marv, do you think it's a good pre-season playing? Uh, I wouldn't say good teams, but teams that are actually challenging. Yeah, I think it's better. In fact, you're playing against slightly better opposition, and it kind of shows not to kind of you. You get pummeled by one of them. It'd be like, okay, don't start taking liberties. Whereas if you're playing crap teams every weekend, every game, and then you go into the league and you struggle, it's happened to us a few times. You've had a struggling first game of the season due to that very reason. So yeah, got to play. I I don't think it matters that much, but I'd say play against the better teams is definitely better. Yeah, just as um. Do you agree with Marv? Are you looking forward to the preseason games against the London clubs that we're going to beat? Yeah, and I think it's actually done purposefully because you want to build up, you know, start with some easier games to see what you have and that, you know, see if you have any diamonds. Then you then you build up with your team through the, you know, Tottenham and Arsenal, and then you, you know, finish it off with the Super Cup. So you want to see a building process in between to see players okay this is how it's going to work and in and in one of those two games you would hope if if the marquee signing comes in they would come in in one of those two games uh preferably the earlier one and then uh you know you go from there and you build the season you get the super cup and you and you just uh you know march on through yeah, definitely. I think it's a good it's a good momentum builder to move up. You got uh, obviously the championship teams in uh, Bournemouth and uh, Peterborough. You got the mid-table battle against Arsenal, and then you've got the Europa League team against Spurs, and then you move into the Champions League team of Villarreal. It's a nice division all the way up to the upper echelons of the game. Um, but yeah, I mean it's a good preseason. It's nice to watch on TV. It's good that the get uh, people can go to the Arsenal and Spurs games, bit of money for charity as well, which is always good. And well, that that ends another wonderful pod. Uh, obviously, thank you guys for listening. Um, what I, I was going to remember to tell you guys: make sure you give us a nice review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening. I did see a couple of uh, reviews that people put on there, five stars. Thank you very much. I did listen to your comments as well. We are yeah. trying to, we are trying to resolve this clicking sound. It's we've been over a you year with it. You think that might be Skype that clicking thing? I'm not sure. We've we've been tested it, and when I listen to it back on Skype, it's fine. But I think it's more the editing uh, software that we yeah, use and that might be causing it. So yeah, we're gonna I try and that's... we're gonna try and sort that out and uh, see if we can get get another editing system that will. And hopefully not bring the annoying clicking sound because yeah. I have listened back a few times. I'm thinking, God, this is a great pod, but that clicking noise. Uh, but yeah, guys, we will try and get some stuff sorted. If you want to comment below what you want us to improve, obviously this is season two of the pod, so we'll be able to get, we'll be able to make some improvements. Um, I'll be getting some mic to improve the sound, and we'll, we'll be able to. We'll be. We've got some big plans coming up. So give us a like. Give us a follow, give us a review. Um, and finally, before we go, Marv, thank you for coming on. Anytime, my friend. Glad to be on and have a wonderful day. And Jesters, thank you for coming on as well. Thank you for having me, sir. And uh, have a good week and enjoy the heat. I'm in AC. Just, just thought I'd let you know I got AC. I can make it like about 65 in here, like a meat locker. I just was sharing with you. 
As I just feel the sweat dripping down my face, I'll I'll, I'll thank you for that. Um, But anyway, thank you guys again for listening. Catch us soon. We've got many guests coming on as we ramp up preseason into the new season. And keep, keep watching, keep liking, keep subscribing.